Hey, great podcast today. It was actually a lot of fun. You know, of course, there was some anarchy talk, some end of the world talk, the end of the dollar. But it was a lot of fun, wouldn't you say? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you can't have more fun while the world is ending. Yeah, no, actually, this was really fun. Bill O'Reilly hit me with something I never saw coming. Mm. George Soros is a threat. Mm. Yeah. 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 No, oh, that was surprising. A, that was fun. That <laughs> you was fun. That. Uh, Michael Malice uh, joined us. The very brave treasurer of the state of West Virginia wanted to go on record on what is happening with ESG. They just passed an important bill there. We also went through true or false. The stories from the media this week. How did they rank? All on today's podcast. is the Glenn Beck program. We're glad you're here. Uh, the left is now pushing uh, President Biden uh, to declare a climate emergency, which is great because then, I mean, can you do anything under a climate emergency, Stu? I mean, oh, yeah, we saw all the great stuff that Canada was doing under its emergency standards. Yeah. Uh, look at the stuff that they did with COVID uh, yeah. uh, under emergency declaration. Mm. This is going to be a great future for us. Yeah, it is. Uh, the SEC has uh, plans now to force public companies to disclose greenhouse gas emissions. How much, Just how much is that going to cost? Forget about anything else. What is that going to cost every company to uh, pay? Well, what, are they, what is it going to cost them just to do the survey, to monitor the emissions and get a footprint? So that's another great thing that I, I know that's uh, that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. Um, so if we can get a climate emergency, because I mean, that's the emergency I think everybody's looking at. You know, we got covid. Sure. And uh, and um, uh, Fauci has said, you know, it's too soon to say this is over. And uh, we, we've got to be prepared to bring all these mandates back. Huh? Do we do we uh, now if we could just get a, a climate emergency as well. ESG is a very very big threat to our oil gas coal industry uh it is also a very big threat to every american because it is going to trickle down to you you will have uh, an esg score and you will be forced to comply you will there are a few states that are standing up against it and i well, i think west virginia was the was the one really leading uh this the West Virginia State Treasurer, Riley Moore, is on with us now. Hi, Riley. How are you? Glenn, I'm great. Thanks for having me back. Great so to be on. You passed uh, 262, SB 262, which now allows you to ban financial institutions from doing business with the state government if, you are boycott- if they're boycotting the fossil fuel industry. That's correct. And uh, it was... It was an interesting fight over here, I will tell you. Um, The other nuance in this bill that I think is great uh, is that we're going to be able to publicly list those banks who are now going to be ineligible for contracts with the state of West Virginia moving forward. Because obviously, I get the question all the time from people here in West Virginia, who are we talking about? And this is going to put it in black and white terms who we are talking about here in the state of West Virginia, who is banned from banking contracts here with our state. 
and these are the financial uh, financial uh, uh, services folks that are literally boycotting the fossil fuel industry, coal, oil, and gas, which is so very important to us here in West Virginia and important to us here in the United States. Go take a look at a gas pump right now and tell me that's not important. And it was a fight here. I will tell you the, this is, I'll give you a little view from the trenches. The Bankers Association came out against this bill. They came out against it. But who supported it was the community bankers. The community bankers supported it. Why? Because they're involved in our communities. They're financing all of the secondary and tertiary activities as it relates to coal mining and gas. They supported this bill. And the big banks that didn't support it, none of them are from West Virginia. They're all out-of-state, big banks, and we just ended up having to roll over them on this thing. But it was it was a big fight. So it was we a got it over the line. It's a big fight. I understand state after state, and and really in a giant disappointment, uh, the state of Idaho just rolled over uh, and and killed this thing uh, because there were five giant bank lobbyists that were dispatched. And they whined and dined these people and told them that this is, uh, you know, uh, this is a bill that is um, against uh, business and uh, it's the the end of the free enterprise. If you do things like this, how can you possibly tell businesses and banks what they can or cannot do? It's just a lie. But, man, they are spending a fortune on these lobbyists. They are, and I will tell you, look, there is going to be, I'm sure, some retribution back over on my side on this. So I mentioned to your audience and everybody, look, people that are out here fighting this, come out and support these folks. And look, we have our letters that we put out of the states that supported reforming banking contracts. I do have that on my website, moreforwv.com, if you want to look that up. We have every state that is committed to this, but they are, we have a, I think it's a 501c3 or c4 that has been started now by the Democrats around the country to push back on this effort that we're doing. And the idea, and this, you were just talking about this as, as it relates to Hunter Biden and, you know, the disinformation out there. The idea they pretend that this isn't happening. Another view from the trenches. I had a community bank call me yesterday. Riley, we just had for the first time the Biden regulators came in. What do you think they asked for first? I said, well, what what they want to see? We want to see your coal and gas loans immediately. That's what we want to see first. Now, why is that? Right? I mean, it's happening at every level. There is a class war going on right now, and it's happening on three fronts. It's in our government, our economy, and our culture, and they are surrounding us. And those are the three fronts that we got to continue to fight against all of this. This ESG movement is a huge part of this. Now, ESG to me, by the way, uh, doesn't stand for what they think it stands for. I think it stands for exporting Soviet gas. Uh, That's that's what it really, in in essence, that's what it ends up being, right? I mean, what's happening in Europe and what's happening to them as it relates to Ukraine, that's our future if we don't do something about this. This is going to end up being the largest self-inflicted wound to Western civilization 
It may be a mortal don't wound, it too. It, it may be a mortal wound if we don't turn this around. Um, let me talk to you about the S and the G part of it, because I appreciate states that are working like you have. And you have, I mean, you've taken a beating for it to get it done, but you got it done. And now you're protecting oil, gas and coal. But the S is going to protect the parents that are out at the school board meetings that are being called terrorists. They'll become a reputational risk for insurance companies, for, um, you know, for jobs, for bank loans. Are you looking at all in protecting the people from the S and the G? Yes. So we have actually, because we saw, and of course, they, it always starts with, you know, the big bad coal, right? So yep. AIG, huge insurance company is saying they will no longer insure any coal operations. That's where it starts, right? Unbelievable. So now AIG, didn't we bail their ass out? Yes. Oh my God. We all paid for that. We all paid for that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> another institution that got bailed out in all of this, which was not a bank before the bailout, Goldman Sachs. Yes, right? Right. Goldman Sachs was not a bank, but then became a bank to take the money. <laughs> so, no, and the S is one of the this social side of this. If you read the words they actually put on paper, human rights and things like that, these people don't care about human rights. They're over there doing business in China. They got a Iran going on over there, and Iran. If they, if they cared about human rights, they wouldn't be doing business with these folks. BlackRock is a wholly set up subsidiary. Uh, over in China right now, doing business. It's the only foreign company that is not, quote-unquote, state-owned in China that's able to do business there. I think everybody should be outraged by this. So what do you, what, when you get together with the other state treasurers, what do you say? What, what is it that they're saying on the other side, that, the, why they're hesitant to do anything? It makes no sense. This is so clear. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's right there in black and white. They tell you what they're going to do. Well, you know, you saw this with BlackRock, right, in Texas. So what they do, they came and swooped down into Texas and said, we're not really very serious about this and put this letter out that they had last year and said, look at all of our investments and that we have in these different uh, uh, oil and gas industries top of the list on their letter, by the way, I'd point out to you is Exxon Mobil, which, which they, they took the board over. Yes. Yes. They put engine number one, three board members that wanted Exxon and forced Exxon to cancel a lot of their stuff because they're for the environment. That's BlackRock. Yes, exactly. And that is what's going... So they're trying to have it both ways, and I think sometimes people see this as, oh, they're, they don't really mean it. They're just paying lip service. No, this is a movement. It's been a concerted effort and a movement that's been going on for a very long time and one that we have to continue to fight against. And it's, we are in a very dangerous and precarious situation. And I'll tell you here in West Virginia, we had Democrats and Republicans vote against my bill. Right. Democrats and Republicans voted against it. But the overwhelming majority of Democrats and the overwhelming majority of Democrats in the House and Senate did vote for it because we're here in West Virginia, uh, we see it 
we're on the ground level as it relates to coal and gas and oil. And look, I'll tell you from my own experience, look, I started my career off as a welder in a mining operation. I know these folks. I know what's going on here. And, you know, they can say whatever they want. I see this happening every day here in my state. Um, you would know, um, and I think you've already alluded to it, but, um, you know, the, the when Biden says, I'm not doing anything to stop and to hurt gas prices, I'm not doing any of that. Uh, that's wrong. And in some ways, right. The real problem is not just the oil leases. Oil, gas, and coal companies cannot get the loan to do business, correct? Exactly. They cannot get the loan, and now, now it sounds like coal's going to have a hard time getting insurance. They're coming at it from every angle. They keep saying, well, we've got 9,000 leases out there. They should act on... Look, these folks are smart enough. They know... They're playing stupid on this. They know how, I mean, you got to think about all the regulations and processes that you have to go through. And by the way, it's eight to 12 months from when you start to explore oil to when it starts to flow. Correct. They know that. They know that better than anybody else. I mean, they're just playing games out here right now. Now I understand they're going to haul up the oil companies to say, you're the ones that are raising prices. No, oil is a fungible commodity and it's very simple. You produce more, prices go down. This is, it's supply and demand. The demand is there and the supply is not. We have to increase the supply or we're going to continue to see this. But Biden didn't say, did say very recently, our way out of this, our way to energy independence is green energy. Folks, I'm here to tell you, and I, I love putting this stuff out on Twitter, just facts, just see what people kind of react to. 60% of the electricity generated in the United States comes from coal, gas, and oil. 100% fact. You cannot change that. And that's well, not even, even including nuclear. Uh, I will tell you the first uh, first sign I have seen of uh, this being very, very clear in California, they just told people to stop charging their cars because they're having a hard time keeping power going. What, what happened to the magic electricity? Riley, thank you very much. This is the uh, West Virginia state treasurer. Uh, I, I ask that you would t- heed his advice and support people like him that are, that are really going against very, very well-entrenched power to take this on. Riley, thank you so much. God bless. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. surrounded by a new family of people who have their life back because of Relief Factor. Uh, I'm one of them. I was uh, uh, in pain and got to the point to where I just I couldn't do it anymore. I, <laughs> did anybody else feel like, you know, I just I can't get up another day? Mm-hmm. Um, we have our life back because of Relief Factor. It's not a television commercial. It's, uh, it's a group of real people with real results that had real pain. Try it yourself, Relief Factor. This guy when he started, completely bald. Look at him now. (laughs) Doesn't do anything for your hair, (laughs) but it it will help you get out of pain. Give it a shot, try the three week quick start. Doesn't work, move on. 
but we're here to tell you it works. ReliefFactor.com. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. Today at 5 o'clock on uh, Blaze TV, I have special guest Dave Rubin, who has the Rubin Report on Blaze TV. Uh, he has been at the center of a f- absolute firestorm uh, that is, um, in my opinion, just ridiculous to have a serious conversation on Twitter. Cannot happen. Cannot happen. Um, and we're going to talk with uh, Dave Rubin uh, today at five o'clock. And I, I will tell you, there are there are some people that uh, that are saying that they're, you know, they're all gathering together to uh, get the blaze to fire Dave Rubin over my dead body. First of all, this company is not going to fire Dave Rubin over something like that. And it would never happen. But let's say aliens took over. You'd have to fire me as well. Uh, And if, you know, well, what kind of threat is that? If you don't think I could tube this company, you don't know my history. I've tubed this (laughs) this company so many times your head would spin. And several Uh, other companies, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I have a Mm -hmm. great record of tubing companies that are working with me. So don't (laughs) take that as an empty promise. Uh, Dave Rubin with me on uh, GBTV. Uh, today uh, at five o'clock only on blaze tv all right we have uh, another controversial friend of mine michael malice uh, on with us hi michael it sounds like you're becoming more of an anarchist glenn uh, well there's a little <laughs> bit i mean we've talked there is a little bit of me that is that way i just happen to believe in you know the bill of rights i believe there does need to be enough order i don't want to get into this with you but i i mean there's part of me that that I think is more like Jefferson was on, you know, as close as you can get to anarchy uh, without, you know, without having actual, hey, let's riot in the street on everything. Well, just quickly, you know, Jefferson was a great example of the anarchist idea that no matter how constitutionalist the person is, once they get into office, they'll do whatever it takes no, to grow their power. No, I know. I know. I so that's know. A, thank you for bringing him up. Yeah. And, no, no, and no. Congrats. And you're right about that. You're right about that. And congrats to Dave and his uh, husband uh, yeah. with their kids. So, yeah. All right. So, Mr. Anarchist, let's <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about this. This crazy i can't believe that this is true the story in the new york times about our vice pre or i mean our president's son and his laptop apparently it's real well let's contrast that to all the accusations that were leveled against brett kavanaugh where the man had to go on Fox News with Martha McCallum and talk about how old he was when he lost his virginity, when he was being accused publicly of forming drunken rape gangs uh, uh, by Julie Swetnick and uh, many other such accusations. They couldn't wait to get these people in front of the cameras. Now, the second you have Hunter's laptop, it's Russian misinformation, as if the Russians photoshopped Hunter taking photographs of himself with the ruler and his member and in the bathtub and all these other things. It was complete nonsensical. And not only that, Glenn, there's some other part of this puzzle that people need to keep in mind. When people were tweeting and spreading social media about what was found on Hunter's laptop, which from my understanding, he just left behind at the store. It wasn't like it was stolen from him. It wasn't stolen. People were being banned from social media even for discussing discussing it. So people need to appreciate, which I'm sure your audience already does, to what extent 
corporate media and big tech and social media conspire, I'm going to use that word, to make sure that stories that they don't like are squashed as much as possible, as well as stories that they do like are given as much prominence as possible. It works in both directions. They have their finger uh, on the scale, and it's very blatant and very public. And what you were referring to, Glenn, uh, the New York Times was admitting that everything on Hunter Biden's laptop was genuine. But why that matters, it's not because it's right. Joe Biden's son. It's because we're talking about Joe Biden receiving bribes from Ukraine. Correct. That's the germane and thing China. here. And China. Yeah. And what's, <laughs> what all else is amazing is there was that New Yorker magazine article about Hunter from 2019 where he's brazenly admitting to felonies. And there's not even the possibility that there'll be any consequences for him uh, leaving a cracked pipe in a, a rental car. And Joe Biden was one of the main architects of the Clinton crime bill, which imprisoned many people for these same very crimes. So, so the hypocrisy is just through the roof, uh, and, and there's so much corruption in every direction. Yeah, that, that is the real, the hypocrisy. Oh, another day, another story, exactly the same. However, this one shows that our president is compromised. His son took money from Moscow, Ukraine, and China. Uh, I don't think, I, I mean, good thing we're not in, you know, in uh, clashes with any of those three countries. Um, this shows our government, uh, our president, is compromised, and this doesn't matter to anyone. This, this is just like a, oh, really? That story is true. We, we could be on the verge of World War Three, God forbid, and this guy is leading us. Well, in his defense, he can honestly say that he doesn't remember getting a single dollar from any of these people. <laughs> <laughs> very honestly. Uh, we, can, we have to laugh because it is very disturbing. Uh, there's a kind of a meme going around on social media that everything that Trump was accused of, Biden is in fact doing. Mm -hmm. um, so to be getting a cut for the big guy, everyone knows that politicians are all corrupt. This is not st strictly a democratic thing. Mitch McConnell gets his cut. Uh, all, all, they all get their cut. So that's not a surprise, but the level and extent to which uh, Biden has been getting you know, money on the back end from these different nations is something very disturbing. And I'll also remind the audience, Glenn and I being dinosaurs, the Clinton impeachment started because of questions about Chinese interference in American elections. Yep. So this goes back a very long time, and I'm very curious to see if the Republicans have the sense to uh, make political hay of this, or if they're just going to roll over as is their want. I don't want them to make political hay of this. I want this to end. I want the corruption to end. I want to see people go to jail. And the other thing is, when are people going to wake up? These are the same people. They, they just lied to you. We may go into World War III. We are falling apart at the seams because this president is absolutely incompetent. 16% of uh, Biden voters said had they known this story and knew it was true, they wouldn't have voted for Joe Biden. No one it, a, no one seems to care that our, our president is compromised in more ways than one. And two, uh, why are you still listening to the New York Times? Why are you still listening to the press? And I'm not talking to this audience. I'm talking to the average person. The, the press should have a zero in ratings. Why would you trust 
anything they say. Why? There's also some other dirty fi- figures in this, which is I want to remind everyone, Glenn Greenwald had a great thread about this yesterday. The mantra was more than 50 former intelligence officials say the Hunter Biden smear yep. campaign is yep. rushing this information. Intelligence officials, what you're going to vote for Trump over Hillary? The entire intelligence community told you not to do it. The intelligence experts. Anytime you hear the corporate media talk about a group of experts, they did this with Rogan. Yeah. They said, oh, 1,200, whatever many was, medical experts. They made it sound like doctors. It was like researchers and things. People just have opinions. This is supposed to, and we've had two years of Americans and people worldwide being conditioned to not have their own view, but to smile and nod and be obedient to whoever these cabal of unnamed experts are. And it's a very, very dangerous thing. Whenever you hear that, you can assume in all cases, the opposite is probably in all facts true. Uh, I am really excited to see what Governor DeWine did changing the subject in uh, Ohio. Uh, in Ohio, uh, the constitutional carry is spreading all over the country. He just signed it in to, uh, to law. You don't need a permit to carry a concealed weapon in Ohio. The thing that kills me about this is why is this called constitutional carry? Uh, it seems like maybe you now are admitting that's what the law in the constitution should have been the entire time. Yeah, th- this is a great moment because uh, school choice and uh, gun rights are two great examples where if you look to Washington and if you look to, for example, CNN, you're not going to hear the story because state by state, including often very blue states, have introduced gun legislation to allow people to have uh, the right to bear arms, the right to have concealed carry or even open carry. And increasingly, we're having state after state after the debacles with CRT last year have schools allow um, the funding to follow the students that the system. Mike DeWine is hardly some radical mm-hmm. conservative. Uh, Ohio is the quintessential swing state, although it's been trending red in the last few election cycles. So it's absolutely wonderful that to have any Republican government governor, once they're in power, to have the cojones, uh, you know, in the face of enormous opposition. You know, we always hear about the NRA, the NRA, the NRA, which are largely toothless. The anti-gun lobby, the Bloomberg types, they're the ones who really oh, yeah. will make it out. If you're increasing gun rights, you're basically in favor of children being shot while they sleep or in their schools. But have, so you, have you noticed that they're not really um, standing up? These bills are passing all over the country and you're not hearing a lot in the news, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's because they know ESG is the way to kill all gun owners. They're just going to you won't be able to get homeowners insurance. You won't be able to get uh, auto insurance. You won't be able to get loans because what happens if somebody uses your gun in your house? Uh, you be a reputational risk for the banks. I think that's what's coming. And well, they're just sitting back waiting for that to be able to be used. I'm not going to disagree. That's what's coming. But I think what the issue is, they always look to Washington and centralization is and happening outside of their purview, which is New York, L.A., Chicago, and D.C., it basically mm. doesn't exist for them. Uh, so this uh, this allows so many – Florida, with, with, with what um, the governor there has been doing, is, is making them crazy because he's being so defiant, Governor DeSantis. So it, it's really kind of – I would encourage people to look up state-by-state, uh, state, year-by-year, what's been happening with gun rights because it will absolutely cheer you up and let you realize that the good guys can sometimes win in this country. Uh, thank you so much, Michael. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Yeah. Kind of like my 
my anarchist friend. I've got a friend who's an anarchist. What? I can say that. I have a friend who's an anarchist. <laughs> Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. Yeah, you bet. Uh, author of the Anarchist Handbook, uh, host of You're Welcome, the podcast. Follow him at michaelmalice.com. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. So uh, let me just show you some things that are true and not true. Uh, let's let's go. Um, let's start here with uh, Omar. Um, Elon Omar told the Minneapolis Teachers Union. Something that I think needs to be corrected and called what it is. A lie and a dangerous lie. Listen. That none of us, none of us understands the needs of our children the way you do in the classroom every single day. Lie. And a dangerous lie. That none of us understand the needs of our children like the teachers do who are in our classrooms every day. Mm, why do we have parents? I know, right? What's the we point? We should just give them to the state as early as we can. Mm, it almost seems like that was mm. be something that she'd probably advocate for. Uh, that's a, <laughs> something that the Biden administration is advocating mm. for and doing. Here, let me give you something that is true, shockingly, from CNN. Listen to this. It's Fareed Zakara. Oh, gosh. Next cut. Are you One sure? of the defining features of the new era <laughs> is that it is post-American. Okay. By that, I mean that the Pax Americana of the past three decades is over. You can see signs of this everywhere. Consider that, according to the Wall Street Journal, the leaders of the UAE and Saudi Arabia, two countries that have depended on Washington for their security for mm. decades, refused to even take phone calls from the American president. Jeez. Consider as well that Israel, initially in the Security Council vote, and India have refused to describe Putin's actions as an invasion, and that all four countries have made it clear they will continue to do business with Russia. Wow. The, this is absolutely true. The Pax Americana era is over, and it is over because we have given it up. This president has left the stage and when he's not on the stage as the president of the United States or he is on stage and he is incredibly weak. The rest of the world looks to, OK, he's weak, but who's following him? Kamala Harris. Mm, I'm interested to see. Uh, I'd love to give credit to whoever Fareed Zakaria plagiarized that from uh, to understand, uh, because that's a really good point. Fareed Zakaria's, uh, whoever wrote that, uh, you know, he, that he repeated. It was a really good job by Fareed there. Great repeating or, or theft, whatever, whichever one it was in this particular day. Hmm. You don't think he came up with that himself? <laughs> well, I just know that he tends to have a little bit of a battle with plagiarism uh, over and over again. But, you know, hey, hey. I'm sure that one was, uh, was all him. Um, I want to give you an update on something. Uh, and I'll tell you true or false. 
Uh, next cut, please. The woman that we saw earlier this week from Russia that uh, interrupted the newsroom in Moscow. She's standing behind the, the broadcaster on Moscow's number one news program. She's saying, no war. Stop listening to you. They're lying. Um, well, she got out of jail. She was just questioned for two days. Couldn't sleep. Um, and didn't have an attorney, but she's out and she's facing, I'm not kidding you, a $272 fine. Uh, and they're also going to bring her up on some other charges that she could spend the rest of her life in jail if they, uh, if they decide to pursue, uh, pursue them, which they will. In a completely unrelated story, uh, a, uh, a broadcaster or a journalist that uh, had disagreed with Putin has... Um, well, they thought they found her luggage, and they did find her lost luggage. Um, the unfortunate thing is um, she was inside the luggage. Now, hmm. uh, apparently it was her husband that cut her up uh, because it was uh, some sort of an honor killing. Uh, but uh, I, just, I just say, I don't know. This would be something that I would say as an insurance company has nothing to do with ESG. I don't know if I could insure you if you're a journalist that disagrees with Putin, if you were in the former Soviet Union. Um, but are we? Are we headed there? Are we already there? Next cut, please, from The View. Yeah. And I think DOJ, in the same way that it is uh, setting up a task force to investigate oligarchs, should look into people who are Russian propagandists and shilling for Putin. That's being, if you are a foreign asset uh, to a dictator, mm -hmm. it should be investigated. In fact, I remember when Tulsi Gabbard, mm -hmm. and I even hate that we're discussing it because I think to myself, who is this woman? She's a, you know, she's no longer who in Congress. You? She's a failed presidential candidate. Yeah. She only pra practically exists on Twitter. And the fact that we're giving her oxygen is what makes her relevant, that we're talking about her on hot topics. But on the other hand, how do you not call out something that is repeating mm -hmm. false Russian propaganda well, that has been brought down? I, they mm. used to arrest people for doing stuff like this. If yeah. they thought you were Where? Uh, colluding with a Russian oh. agent, if they thought you were putting out In information or taking information mm. and handing uh, over to Russia. Who is a... Because you happen to mm -hmm. to not be critical, I mean, I don't even think this is even accurate. But if you're it, because Tulsi Gabbard has an opinion that is that we different. shouldn't go to war, we shouldn't go to war. Yeah, she's uh, not a pro-Putin person. She doesn't think we should go to war. And even if she's completely wrong about what she said, uh, and she's talked about it as what I have heard is her talking about it as biological research facilities, mm -hmm. which is not the same as a biological weapons manufacturing Correct. plant. She's spoken about it as I've heard it accurately. Um, and she's concerned about some of the stuff that they were researching getting out. Like, not a crazy idea. No, uh, come on, that can never happen. Right. Research labs and something gets out? Uh, what does that have to do with her conspiring with Russians? Nothing. If she just happens to have an opinion. Nothing. Um, and, and I don't even think it lines up with the, with what Russian propaganda is saying. No. How, but even if it did, that's not colluding with Russians. Listen to this. They are talking about a Ugh. red scare. They're mm -hmm. talking about a red scare. They now demand one. They uh, demand after all the freaking trials. movies they made yes. about how bad the red scare was. They now demand one. Yes. And they forget the times we have had uh, things like this happen. Woodrow Wilson. 
he arrested people who even spoke German out loud. Okay, if you in World War One, a priest was arrested for giving last rites to a guy who was dying. He was German. He gets down on his knees in public, gives him last rites because he's in German. He speaks German. Mm. He gives the last rites in German to this guy and he goes to jail. Don't think it can't happen in America. It already has. It already has. These people are, I mean, if you don't think they will round people up that they don't like if they have ultimate power, think again. Because they've already done it in American history. That's the difference between a constitutionalist and a progressive. And I want you to know, the progressive disease is in both parties. Um, by the way, I just watched the, with my kids, I just watched the CPAC speech I did, what, in 2010, maybe? Mm. Stu, I remember going down. Do you remember? Going down and uh, giving that speech, and uh, I knew I was going to say tough things, but I watched that speech again, and I'm like, good heavens, I just let them have it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't asked this. to speak again for a while, because I just laid into the Republicans. You should watch that speech, because they deserve it again. Um, mm. uh, so, are we... Are we becoming another China, another Soviet Union? The truth is, yes. Yes, we are. Uh, here's the, here's the uh, former Ukrainian president talking about what Putin is trying to do. Listen to this. Do you have a better idea now than you did at the start what President Putin wants out of this? <laughs> Please. Don't trust Putin. Please, don't be afraid of him. If you find out you compromise with Putin, Putin go further. Today, he has a compromise for demanding Ukrainian Crimea or Ukrainian Donbass. Tomorrow, he will demand from the Great Britain, Scotland. Day after tomorrow, he will demand on the, from the United States, Alaska. Putin wants to destroy not only Ukraine, but the whole West, including UK and US. So I don't know if that was true when he started. My guess is Putin uh, saw how weak the West was. It was like, I'm taking Ukraine and we're going to take it quickly. Uh, And when it didn't work out that way uh, and he started having problems in his own country, uh, things got a little dicey. And so now he's now he is looking at it. Look, they're going to collapse the ruble, which we already have. They're collapsing things in my country. Uh, I'm not stopping. So let's see who can stand longest because I have oil and I can sell it to China. I have resources and I can sell them to China or I can sell my uranium. And in our new treaty that we're negotiating now with Iran we give Russia the opening to build nuclear power plants in Iran. That's insanity. But I think he's like, well, let's see who lasts longest. Because I think the West is so weak, they'll collapse. And I'll be with China and 
China, they'll buy my stuff. We'll be fine. They've already collapsed once before. You don't think he'll do that again to collapse the West? Of course he will. And he can't go back with his tail between his legs. Nope. I mean, not that he would anyway, but if he goes back there basically with no gains out of this, he's going to get removed from power by people in this country who don't like that the fact that their country has been devastated by this. So here's something that is really, really disturbing. Putin has promised now a purification mm-hmm. of Russia. Whenever anyone says we're going to purify Russia or any country, look out. Now, is this why the oligarchs, I mean, they the the radar pictures and the planes that were leaving Russia yesterday are incredible. All of these huge private planes with all these oligarchs, they all got out of Russia last night and yesterday. Have you heard that? Mm. There's we don't know what it is, but we know who the planes belong to and they're all oligarchs and they got out of Russia. So what's going to happen to Russia? Not good things. And that's the truth. Next week, we've been doing a lot of research on um, on prices and just inflation uh, is really going to hurt by the time the next president is selected by hopefully you um, the uh, the situation of 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 your wallet is just going to be of nightmare proportions if this trend continues and I'm going to show you that uh, not just in inflation but also food. What is happening with food? There's nobody covering this, but I'm telling you, we are headed for massive shortages of food. Uh, And if these things do come true, the last place you're going to want to be is near a big city. I'm just saying. Um, But uh, the the Republicans are, if they don't screw it up, are poised to just sweep. Let me play. Black voters, what they're saying now about gas prices. Listen to this. They're not transparent about anything. From COVID to the gas prices to why Russia is invading Ukraine. You're going to hear a different story every day. You can run, but you can't hide from inflation. Right now, we're in a gas, we're in a crisis. It's hard because, like, you live paycheck to paycheck. And it's $5 a gallon. People are talking about it. It's so big on it because it's not something that happens regularly. This is, you know, what is that word they like to use in the media now? This is unprecedented. Uh, this for gas to be this high. Two dollars is some change. That's okay. That's okay. Three dollars. All right, now you gotta find you a good gas station. Four dollars and seventy nine cent. You, you better be glad you can at least get you five to ten dollars in there. Well, if it goes up to six or seven dollars, like then you like, then you talking about like, is it even affordable for you to even go to work? Up in LA, like seven dollars a gallon. We lucky. I mean, I didn't know we were dependent on this country for oil. Nobody told me until this happened. You know, so it's, it's all a surprise. And it hits you, it's like it's like a it's, it's like hitting your pockets. It's, it's it's making you mad. This is what most people are going to feel. And they're starting to feel it now, and I've told you for years. People are going to wake up and go, "When did all this happen?" Oh, I don't know. It's been happening for the last 10 years. That's why we've been fighting, you know. Uh, and our voices are being silenced on social media and all of that. But that's what your friends are going to say soon. Nobody told me when, 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 what happened? 
I didn't know that. That's why it is so critically important that you know the truth, that you're not shooting from the hip. You, the only way, you could listen to me every day, but you're not going to be able to make the case, no matter how much you listen to me or anybody else, you won't make the case, you won't be able to have a persuasive ar- argument if you haven't done the homework yourself. It's the only way you're going to be able to be credible and... Um, and help your friends, your family, and your neighbor. You have to earn the information yourself. On the Great Reset, the book is out. It's number one again on Amazon. It's amazing what happens when you actually have books to sell, paper to print. Uh, it's the Great Reset. Get it now. Na, 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 na.